Hi, and welcome to the Yes Mama podcast. A yes mama is one who loves being a mom, who is in it to have the best time with their kids, to raise confident and happy and successful and resilient kids. And here at the Yes Mama podcast, we do that through intimate conversations with moms and sometimes dads about the best ways that we've found simple yet effective parenting methods that have helped our kids to really thrive. So even just by being here, you're doing such a great job by showing up, taking this hour out of your day to be a better parent shows how much you care. So great job. Thanks for being here. Here we go. Hey, yes, mamas. Before we jump into this episode on self-care with Dr. Rebecca Dinda, who just uh, officially walked for her PhD this weekend. Uh, and I know you're going to get so much information out of this episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. But the thing is that I really wanted to make sure that you've signed up for the Life is Now Summer Coaching Series. And here's what you're going to get from it. If you are just struggling to get through your day, if you are a mom who is overwhelmed and frustrated and just can't figure out how to get on top of everything, and you know that this life is supposed to be fun and good, and you didn't become a mom to be just exhausted all the time, come join me this summer. I mean, you can stay the way that you are and just surviving, or you can come join me this summer and we do weekly themes and we have weekly Q&A sessions where every single person, I keep it small so that everyone can ask all their questions, and we have a coaching seminar about the theme of the week. It's so much and it is so inspirational that I just wanted to make sure you don't miss out. It is filling up. There's only a couple spots left. So please head over to my link in bio because I don't want you to miss out. I know you can feel so much better than you do right now. But this episode you're about to hear with Coach Dinda is just the best. So all of the information to sign up for Life Is Now or for one-on-one coaching with Rebecca Dinda are going to be in the show notes of this episode. I know you're going to love it. Here we go. Hello, Yes Mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Yes Mama podcast. And you are in for a big treat today. We have here Miss Rebecca Dinda, who I call Becca, and we'll see which name you want me to use, but we've known each other for more years than we've been teachers, more years than we've been parents. You are my favorite roommate of all time in college, Rebecca Dinda. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you. It's, uh, I've been listening to the podcast and I'm so into them. So it's such an honor and treat to be able to talk with you a little bit about what I've been working on. Oh, 100%. Thank you so much. And I love that you bring a different spin. Like I've been a teacher. We've both been a teacher forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you took it farther. You took it further and went through the whole master's and PhD and principal. And you know what I mean? You you went farther than I could have. I kind of went in a different way where I was, you know, homeschooling the kids in freaking Nepal and all kinds of weird places. So I kind of, my path went a different way. And so I love that you're going to bring the expertise of really where where education and taking care of ourselves and all those things are today, what, what the, you know, research and everything says about, about how to do it. So I think it's a, it's a good match, not just because I love your energy. You always have had the best, highest energy. And I think it was actually from living with you that I really felt it for the first time of how you could just be happy for no reason. Is that something you brought from childhood? (laughs) Who taught you that? Or is that just you? 
Yeah, that's such a great question. And obviously I get it for a long time. I think naturally, right? Like nature versus nurture. So I think part is nature, how I came out of the womb. Um, There's no question. But I think also as I got older and I started recognizing like, how how do my emotions come and what control do I have? I think I've always been fascinated um, around like, hey, if I change that thought, I actually feel differently. And I think that's been with me since I was really young. And then I feel like I've been obsessed like since college of reading self-help books and reading like understanding yourself and others in the world around you. So I think it's a combination, right, of some some nature and then some nurturing it as well. But definitely the older I get, the more I value everyone's vibrations and energy and also knowing that every human can change that vibration. We can all learn and grow and we don't need to live in one vibration that's not working. So... Oh my gosh, that's so true. And let's let's touch on that for a second because it's so funny where people are like, I heard a Joe Dispenza lately and I'm going to butcher the saying or how he did it. So I'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes or something. But basically it was like, if you're having a bad day, that's your mood. But you put together a whole bunch of bad days and that's your temperament. Mm. And you put then like months of bad days together and that's your, I forget what the next one is, but it's like mood, personality, or maybe that was it. Maybe that was it, personality, right? And so you you can change. You can be like, you know what? I don't want to be like that anymore. It doesn't feel good or my kids don't like me and don't want to hang out with me. My coworkers don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like, but it is a choice, right? You can actually learn how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Um, the other thing you can learn how to do, and again, both as ed- educators, you can learn how to drink your coffee hot. And I saw you take a sip of your cold coffee before you started. I have mine here from this morning. I mean, what a teacher thing. I even just took it and just threw ice cubes into it because we, as teachers and moms and everybody in the workplace, we don't even stop to drink our own cup of coffee. Like how many times when you were like literally in the classroom, did you look down and you're like, I didn't drink that. And how many times did you go the whole day and now it's five o'clock and you're going home and you're like, I haven't used the restroom all day. (laughs) And you're like, I thought about it four hours ago. And then the day and the moments are just beyond us, you know? (laughs) That's the other side of the coffee drinking. You're absolutely right. But what a good place to kind of explain for yeah. all the women, because, you know, obviously, yes, mama is for moms, but for women's women first, we as women go into these nurturing roles. We go into, you know, being nurses and teachers and all these things where we get to, but we take care of other people, right? It's in our nature. It actually does feel good. I mean, how great is that when you have a good day and you're you're helping someone else and you know you've been helpful? There's such a you know feminine energy, also a little bit of power in there that I did make someone's day better, but it is such a feminine loving thing that I think maybe that's why women go into these careers. What's what's your thought on that? Yeah, I think, you know, women have historically been known and, you know, as the nurturer, the giver, you know, that is something that 
um, comes naturally, I think, to women. So we're inclined sometimes to pick professions where we have that opportunity. Um, so I think I think we know, you know, those positions though give so much of ourselves emotionally and psychologically, um, and I think that's you know the topic, right? Is yeah. how do we support others um, in this in helping our children, if you know, helping our students, helping our clients, our patients? Um, how do we support them emotionally and psychologically, like through just psychologically? Um, without losing some of our, us, right? And that's the goal. How do we continue to nurture our own emotionality and how do we how do we stay healthy enough that we can give? Right. And there's such a balance there between, I mean, I think the cold cup of coffee is just like a perfect analogy. I'll probably keep coming back to it, but how do we drink our coffee first? Right. How do we take care of ourselves? Right. So we can call it self-care because that seems to be the thing. And there's and we'll just go into, you know, our our own personal definitions of of what that is, because there's such a I mean, there's the one side where people are like, oh, take a bubble bath, go get your nails done. Right. There's like that side that's a little bit hedonistic, but also amazing. And then there's like the one step lower of wake up every morning and meditate and take a walk. Right. There's that self-care. Then there's like the one step lower of like, make sure that you have healthy boundaries so that people are treating you the way, right? There's so many different layers and it's also connected in anyone who's starting or is really trying to hone in on choosing to be happier, choosing to enjoy their life. Yeah, That's really what we're going to dive into today, right? Absolutely. That's really what Absolutely. this is going to be all about is the how, is the why, and is the really promise, gift, Mm -hmm. and it can be better on the other Mm -hmm. side, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. be a teacher and not completely burn out. It is possible. It is possible. It is possible, I think. And I think there's two things to look at when we get into that a little bit. It's like, yes, the individual and how I take care of myself impacts, but also, and this is the part that the research is actually much stronger on, it's the organizations that we work in that have mm-hmm. more of the ability to keep employees engaged versus burned out. And really looking at the organization and some of the components that can help us stay more engaged versus burned out. So to me, it's like self-care is important for ourselves. Um, And then, you know, working within an organization to make sure the organization's creating an atmosphere that's that's allowing employees to feel engaged. So it's twofold. Um, And I think, you know, we got to look at both. It's not one or the other. (laughs) Yeah. And again, you come from that, you know, principal background. So you wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that that your teachers were were keeping Mm -hmm. up with being their best self. So, yeah, that's that's such a good Valid point. Okay. So what is self-care? If you, if someone said back, like if you describe it, what is self-care definition? All right. So I'd say self-care is an action um, that helps us improve our well-being and really living the life we want. And I think you're so right. Like, you know, the bubble bath, the facials, the, you know, me time nights, that's like a start because I think all self-care is going to take you away from those other responsibilities to take care of yourself. But I think the biggest difference is those are very, you know, 
enjoyable, um, but probably superficial, like true self-care. You know, there's there's truly like a definition and there truly is dimensions of self-care. And those self-care dimensions are emotional self-care, um, which we talked about a little bit already, psychological self-care, social, mental, physical, practical um, and those are the deeper, the deeper who we are, who we want to be. Um, that spiritual self-care, I feel like, what is my purpose? And am I living my purpose? What are my values? What's important to me? So it's not just taking time to give ourselves these luxurious experiences, which, like you said, feel good, but doing that deeper work to bring about a life that really is fulfilling um, you know, and, and, and really thinking like moving, you know, we talk here about it a lot now. Am I just surviving in this life that I'm living or am I thriving? Am I just living or do I actually feel alive every day? So I think the really deep self-care is finding out who we are, who we want to be in the world, and then spending time um, making that happen. Oh my gosh, that was so well said. Thank you so much. Send a clip of that around the world because you're absolutely right. There are so many levels and there are so many sides. And, you know, if you take it from the beginning, like the kindergarten version, self and care, you're caring for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. You're giving a little bit of, you know, what's in the word care, like care bears, right? That you love. Yeah. So you're loving yourself. So like, that's the like, you know, that again, Explain it to me like I was a five-year-old. You know, that's an expression. So if you were going to say it, it's, it is. It's loving yourself. And you do have so many layers. We do yeah. as humans. We do have so many things. And there's also the, like, awareness of, A, that it could be better. Like, maybe mm -hmm. if I did this inner work, I could have a better, happier life. And then also the awareness that maybe I'm getting triggered or not feeling good more and more lately and having the strength mm -hmm. to look at why, mm -hmm. right? Right. Absolutely. And it's scary. Some, sometimes that stuff is really scary of why am I getting emotional when I didn't get a chance to go to the bathroom all day long and I'm really angry, but like, not just like frustrated and like, oh, well, that was dumb, but like angry, right? These big emotions a lot of times are just like a pat on the shoulder of something deeper is going on. Yeah. that we really need to look into, right? Yeah, and it's great to look at that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's the hardest thing. I feel like if in my coaching, if I've learned anything about humans and about, I'm going to say, every single person I've coached and even when I've been coached, it's, yeah. um, you know, comfort is sometimes easier, right? If you're yes. comfortable, no matter how unhealthy and no matter how intellectually we know there's a better way for us, um, our comfort level kind of keeps us there. And then those fears of, you know, and, and, and fears that we're not even, we can't even articulate necessarily, um, but we really need to work through. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely. And with that self-care, you know, it's like, and then we go through these cycles. Everybody goes through, like we, we contemplate, like, I want to make this change. I want this better in my life. Um, right. And we go back and forth. Well, what am I going to do? And then finally, maybe we say, all right, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to start acting. 
Um, and then we decide to act, but we go back and forth. That's like, we contemplate, we prepare, then we go back to contemplate, then we go into action. And then hopefully, right, is to get through those actions and then maintain whatever that change is that we've been looking for. And hopefully those changes are, they, they meet our deep purpose to make the world a better place and who we want to be. And they yeah. meet our, you know, what we really value and what we really believe is true. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's such an interesting thing too, that you said in terms of, we do want to make the world a better place. Like we do, we, again, that's, that's a women thing too, where we know that we're going to be the grandma's. We know that, you know, I, I, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this now. You know, I, I was I was joking in my own head this morning that, you know, what do you do with your daughter's bedroom when she moves out and goes to college? Well, you turn it into a podcast space, right? So we all have these, like, what's going to be next? And yeah. if we have the strength, the courage, the bravery to do that work, to yeah. be your best self, then they want to be around you, then later they are going to come back and spend time with you. And, and you can be a great grandma. Like there's so many things that if you set a goal of like, even if you look way ahead, what do like, what's the best case scenario? What could my life look like if I felt my best, if I really was there for myself again, that self care just means that you care about yourself. It means I matter right? Not just my students matter, not just my patients matter. I matter, right? And so I'm going to show up for myself and whatever I need. And it's just, it's so important. It's absolutely everything. Um, Some of the best ways you've seen for self-care is, is there any, when someone first comes to you for coaching, as I did, you were amazing. You totally got me on a roll. So thank you. I'm, I can, Definitely say that that your coaching is doing podcast. Absolutely, right? Look at me go. Um, What's what's a good way to start? Like you realize, okay, so I think I could feel a little bit better. Where do you start? What's the step one? Yeah, the step one, and I've actually partnered now to support self care, in particularly with um, Olga Phoenix, who's this guru who has created these amazing tools. And I think, and this is even in the workshops I'm doing with teachers and in schools, I'm starting, you know, with the educational piece and the awareness and getting clarity around, you know, how important it is for different folks working in different professions, why self-care can't be like an ancillary, you know, they do it in addition to their job. It has to be part of their job um, because okay. of the, the what the job takes, but You know, the first thing is that self-reflection and understanding the different aspects of our lives that need self-care and then really looking at, well, what are the areas that I think right now I'm going to really need to start with? So, you know, doing that real reflection, deep, like, okay, physical, how do I feel physically? Am I satisfied? Socially, where am I with that? Um, overall, like emotionally, spiritually, where do I need to start? Um, because I, you know, at the end of the day, as humans, what we do know is ourselves pretty well. <laughs> um, we might not know how to get ourselves from A to B, but yeah. we, if you really let your client and you really give them the time and space, 
um, they, they know the answer. So just really giving them that time and space to figure out like, where are you right now with these different dimensions of self-care and where do you want to go? Um, and I think, you know, I think we can do it depending on our motivation. Um, we can do it by reading books. There's tons of self-care books out there and there's exercises in them. Um, we can do it by getting a coach and looking at that. Um, I think there's a lot, you can listen to a podcast that's really like this, you know, here's a podcast that's going to support you with identifying and figuring out where your self-care um, growth is. So I think like just start like to me, if I want to start like Google. What can I do to improve my self-care and see where it leads you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, journaling is another huge one that I'll throw out there. Um, one of my favorite ways to, you know, there's all these like journal prompts and special journals that you can get. But one of my favorite ways to do it is even, I don't know, sometimes writing down slows me down. So I even do it on my computer sometimes. Just set a timer and just yeah. start writing. Like, don't even think about what's going to come out. Just let it come out. You know, there's the whole, the artist way of like morning pages, you have to fill three pages and that's brilliant and go check out her book, but just write and see what comes out. Cause a lot of times you start with like, I didn't like this. I didn't like this. And my husband did this and my kids did it. And my coworkers did right. And it'll, you'll start by just complaining. But then as you burn that off, some yeah. deeper stuff's going to come out that you've been, you know, holding in for whatever reason. And it just needs to like come out. So I would, I would put a, you know, big check mark on, on trying to journal and just see what comes out, you know, just allow it to flow. And there is courage there. I mean, I'm someone that I was afraid to go to therapy because I thought if I let myself start to cry, I might never stop. That was my thing. I was like, there's so much in there that I've been carrying around and holding in that whole, like, you know, Ricky Bobby line, push it way down deep, never bring it up again. Right. Where I was like, if I start to let it out, well, I'm going to need years to like, let that all flow. Right. There's a lot that I've been holding on there. And so that's why I keep touching back on that bravery and that courage. And, and there's also power in it. I am powerful in changing my thoughts. I can be powerful in choosing what I want. No one has to put that on me of what I, I get or what, right. Like, so we, as women, again, being in that power role of, well, I can choose it, but it can yeah. also be something that's kind and light, right? Choosing my own happiness, not letting someone else's mood bring me down yes. is a powerful choice. Yes. But it's almost yes. like a calm thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go there with you today. Yeah. You know? All right. Yeah. I'm happy. See you later. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, I don't know. No. It's such a yang of, of this power, but also you can bring that femininity and softness to it. Yeah, I know. And I think you just, you know, you hit on so many things. I think one is there's fear and in order to overcome fear, you know, you have to, you have to dabble in this courage. Like what's going to make me feel brave? What am I going to do? How am I? So, and you have to take risks and you have to take chances. And I think when it comes to self-care, you know, obviously I think right now the practice has evolved so much. Um, and I think, you know, you, you hit on journaling, how powerful journaling is. And I think that's the coolest thing about this movement that we're in right now, because we're not just like, it's not just talk. It's not like, you know, what it was, you know, I think this neuroscience um, mm-hmm. research really got hot in the fifties, but now in 2023, 
We know journaling can help us overcome trauma. We know that mindfulness and meditation can help you feel more in control of your day and can lower your blood pressure. And I mean, all of these different things of, you know, saying every day what you're grateful for that actually changes the chemistry in your brain. So you are releasing serotonin and dopamine. That changes the neurons and the connections um, to lead you to have a better day. So, you know, when you talk about self-care and whatever dimension you want to work on, if it's your physical self-care, your spiritual, it's like we have science now behind what strategies. Um, So I think when you think of where should we all start, just pick one thing, one yeah. thing that sits That's- with you. Do you want to meditate every day for a week and try it out? And do you want to journal and, you know, get a little bit of insight of what, what that might look like to give me the results I'm looking for. But I think, I think it's a fascinating time um, to be in this development to support people um, to just be more fulfilled in their lives because there's so much out there with such good research backing it up. It's not yeah, like it's a wave. No, absolutely. It's definitely a huge wave. And I love hearing the science too, because I'm a I'm a big spiritual girl. So I I know it from that side. But then when the science backs it up and you're like, yeah, see, it, it was right. Um, another one I'll add to that is um, I don't know, an easy way to say it is daydreaming, is just visualizing. You know, it's, if you don't want to write, you don't want to journal, whatever, that's another way to do it. Just lay down and let yourself daydream. You know, one of the ways that I've let myself as a recovering codependent um, get through stuff is I'll be like, if I ruled the world, I would blank, right? If I had a magic wand or I was the queen and I was in charge and it's just a play way of being like, okay, well, if, because sometimes we don't even know what we want. We don't know what those needs are. We don't even know where to start. So if I ruled the world... I would blank, right? And then let yourself think it and let yourself feel it as if, right? That's another Absolutely. good one. You can go on a walk outside and just, you know, just daydream. What if my yeah. life looked like this? What would that feel like? And again, that serotonin, your, yes. your whole blood pressure is coming down, the whole, the whole thing. I want to go back a little bit and touch on something you said in terms of there are so many facets, right? So there's like the physical and the mental and the spiritual and all these different sides. And Mm -hmm. we hear a lot about the physical, you know, you get up in the morning, we as women, you know, you put on your favorite jeans and you're like, those are a little tight. I had a little more dinner last night than I should. Right. (laughs) And there's, there's a, there's a, spot in there between self-love and like, okay, so I had a little bit of dinner last night. No big whoop, right? I'm, I still love myself. I don't have to beat myself up. And you know what? It would feel really good in my body if I could let myself lose five pounds, right? There's such a balance in there between it doesn't have to be from a self-loathing place, right. but it also can be from a, it can be from a self-love place, Can you talk about the physical side a little bit of how to have the right framework to have, again, it's, there's so much bravery in all of this stuff of like showing up for yourself. Yeah. Right. I love that. I, I just, so one of the things is, you know, how do you counter those thoughts that don't serve you or don't, 
you know, there, if, if you're thinking like, oh my goodness, I ate too much and you're putting yourself down, that's not yeah. going to help make a better choice. So I just, I have a habit of every month redoing my affirmations, my morning affirmations. And it's like, what is the thought that I'm going to replace that with um, to put me in a better place? So it's like, I, I should, let me see if I could find mine that I wrote this week. Um, but one of my goals is, you know, at the end of the day, the last couple of months, I wasn't conscious about my working out and eating healthy. So I was like, all right, April's my month. I'm getting back on it. Let me write these affirmations. And, yeah. you know, it's like, this. these are the ones that I said, um, I will reach my health goals with daily exercise. So it's like when I have this thought, my pants don't fit me. I'm so mad at myself. It's like, okay, what am I replacing it? And when you say those affirmations in the morning before those, before you even get to those thoughts, you're going right. to be more in control to be like, nope, that's not going to serve me. Let me go back to that affirmation I said today. You know, I, I have like three of them for um, that right now. I am present with my food choices. I am present with my food choices and enjoy my food to the fullest. I feel better when I eat less and healthier meals. So I think, you know, your point is absolutely right. Like, how do we rephrase those thoughts and um, between that meditation of really being able to clear your thoughts and be there and be with yourself and be present in quiet, um, that gives you the strength to, to control those thoughts later in the day. Um, but I think, you know, when you wake up in the morning, that's where it starts, right? And how we start that morning off is usually going to depend on how the rest of the day goes. That's so true. Is there a is there a good morning routine that you do or recommend or because it is so important. I always uh, preach. I'll use that word. I always preach at least 15 minutes before anyone else in the house is up like to basically set your tone for the day, right? You Absolutely. again, there's that power piece. Again, I choose to have a really nice day. I love myself. I'm going to have a great day no matter what. And then if something happens, that's tough. Like I got to take my kid to urgent care later. He might have a broken bone. All right. Right. But I can still stay in. I'm good. I'm happy. We're going to get, it's just, it's, you're able to deal when other bad stuff happens. So it doesn't mean that nothing bad ever is going to happen to you. It's just, you get to choose that tone as you go through your day. So what do you do I, in the morning? I will tell you this. Most importantly, 90% of those who I've coached, yeah. including myself, it comes back to my, our morning routine. I don't think I've ever coached anybody that hasn't said, I need to do this when I wake up. Um, so I, I think, and talk about science, I think there's so much already research going into looking at those morning routines. Um, there's research right now. If the first thing you do when you wake up is turn on the news or you look at your work email or you look at the headlines, you are already setting yourself up to not have a great day. So we already know what we shouldn't be doing. I mean, looking at social media is going to really throw us. Um, so, yeah, so I think the strongest message that I personally and several folks that I've coached, it's the miracle morning and there is a book, there is a support group, and it's basically um, you are going through what 
are the most important aspects of my morning. And you said 15 minutes. This recommendation is even if you have to wake up, you know, at the crack of dawn, if you wake up. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. Like, let's start with 15 minutes and then, and then we'll go. I think that's with anything. Start small and see how it serves you and then build on. I think that's, um, but it's, it's, it's an hour and it's figuring out like, you know, is you do everything from your exercise to the visualization to your affirmations, um, your journaling or scribing, just thinking, getting some thoughts out there um, to, you know, if you're praying or getting into that visualization, what spending two to five minutes, what do I want my day to look like today? What are the important things that I accomplish? How do I want, you know, somebody's energy to be when I interact with them. Um, So really looking at, and so the miracle morning really sets out what those things are to do, you know, that meditation, that silence, just be in silence for some people. um, I listening to certain music, you know, I worked with a lot of folks that are educators and I ask, you know, what do you do to energize? They're like, I have to listen to gospel music on my way to work. That's what gets me through the day, right? So knowing who you are um, and just also recognizing what doesn't serve me to do before I see my family in the morning in the kitchen? What doesn't serve me before I get to my students or my patients? Um, So recognizing what those things are and then just trying to really stay consistent. I think... I think self-care, any aspect of self-care, growing, learning, and creating these actions to improve our well-being, the key word is consistency. Um, once we figure out what those things are that serve us and then you know, do our best to be consistent with them. And I think naturally it happens because we start rationalize, wow, you know, when I ran three miles before, you know, that day filled with back-to-back meetings, they went by so much smoother. The day that I rolled out of bed and just about got my hair in a ponytail, that was not a good day, you know? So start recognizing when those, when those moments support the rest of our day. So true. And another good book I'll reference is that, um, how to do the work, Dr. Nicole Perella or something, I'm saying her last name wrong, but how to do the work is definitely the name of the book. And so at the beginning it says, yeah, make one small promise to yourself every day. Yeah. Even if it's, I'm going to drink one glass of water because right. Hydration is one of them too. And food and Ooh, we should touch on that. But you know, I, I'm going to promise myself, I'm going to do drink one glass of water every morning when I wake up because I know hydration is key. And then you do that. And then once you can keep that promise to yourself for a period of time and you're like, Oh, I do love myself. Right. Then you can add another one on. And then, you know, it's that awareness of, I do feel better when I do that. Yes. Right. And then you can show up for yourself mm-hmm. and know that, right. Cause you matter and you love yourself. And so why not live an amazing, happy, good yeah. feeling life? Like why not? Why? Yeah. 
It kills me. That it, like and people as can educators as educators, we know success breeds success, right? Like we want our struggling students. We know if we could just get them to do, you know, improve in this one little area, it's going to propel them. And I think that's with self-care too, you know. And if we need to put a chart to drink a glass of water every morning on our refrigerator and then we check hundred percent. It's okay. It's okay. You know, like I, re I remember being in a graduate class, a law, a school law class. And this was, we were adults. I was in my early twenties and this law professor who, which was definitely one of the more intense courses we took. She, we would have, we'd have to read all this case law regarding education. And then she would come into class and give us a paper pencil test and we would submit the test and then we would come back the next week and she would have stickers on our papers. And I said, this is wild, but I can't tell you how much I love that sticker. 100%. 100%. I know. And you got to do all those little things for yourself. Absolutely. So I think yeah. it's self-care and what with the workshops that I've been doing with the educators and and I, in, in my coaching too, like, how are you going to reward yourself? You know, how are you going to make yourself accountable? And then how are you going to reward yourself? And really thinking about not just doing these things without rewarding ourselves. I think psychologically as humans, we need that yeah. celebration, you know? Yeah. And it can even be a celebration of, I am going to get up 30 minutes before I have to be up for the next week. Cool. Yeah. And I'm going to celebrate that with... I don't know, going to a yoga class on Saturday, perhaps? No, I'm just saying, like, whatever it is, you know, yeah. it, it I, has I to always, you know, at physical, you know, it's always been for the last, oh my goodness, I don't want to say how long, but for the last oh, 18 years running yeah. and running half marathons and I'm not a runner. Like this is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, go out and run those 10 miles, run those 12 miles. And I will have an ice cream sandwich in that refrigerator. And I'm not kidding you. That whole run, all I'm thinking about is can't wait to get myself, you know, that ice cream sandwich. So it's, yes. it's, it's ridiculous, but you have to play these psychological games with yourself, you know, you just to get you to feel that feel that makes you feel more alive. But it's funny because you're also touching on something else interesting, which is the inner child. Right. So there's a piece of it there. You know, we talk about stickers and we talk about um, ice cream sandwiches. And I know one of my things, sorry, my phone's going to go off. My daughter just got into graduate school. And what's funny about this, and we'll talk about it in a second, to be a teacher. Yeah, She's I can't wait. Credential and her master's. So, I, oh my gosh, be quiet. And putting it on do not disturb does not work because. They're my, like, can break through anytime. So I apologize, everyone, for listening. But your kids always will pop in. And woohoo, the next generation of teachers. Because she is it. talking to, to, you know, show up for herself and not let burnout happen. Um, right. What was I saying about? The inner child. Our inner child. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. The inner child work is super important, too. Again, another thing that's a little scary because you're like, oh, you know, little me at six. And it's funny. Um, I kind of keep this little one of me 
in front of me every time I do this because I just want to bring her along for the ride. But there's something to that too of, again, in the journaling or in um, just your quiet moments of feeling your inner child kind of in there. What do yeah. you need? Right. Absolutely. And it's so yeah. funny when, when you learn to do that work, the, the childish things that bring you such happiness that come mm -hmm. up, like, I just want to like paint today. Right. Or like, I just want to bake really beautiful cupcakes or, yeah. you know, like these things that like a sticker or like an ice cream sandwich can bring yeah. so much joy. And we're so busy, like getting through the day and doing all the things we have to do that we forget to like stop and check in with that little part of ourselves and like, what do you need? Yeah. Right. And if you stop and listen, she will tell you, she will tell you exactly what you need. And I know it's a little bit woo woo and out there to think, but she will. And she'll be like, you know what? I just need to, you know, have coffee with a friend today. Okay. Awesome. Let's do that. And again, another way to show up for ourselves, you know, it's so important. Um, okay. So before we run out of time, cause I see we're, I could talk about self-care all day long and I love all your <laughs> insights on it. Can we talk about boundaries? Yeah. How yeah. are boundaries important in the workplace, in yeah. your life? How does that, how do boundaries and self-care work together? Absolutely. So I think, you know, it's, it's that combination of, let's see, what are the dimensions? I think the dimensions of boundaries relate to our emotional self-care. Um, because if we don't have those boundaries, then our emotions could suffer, right? Um, psychological, you know, we ha all have a past. We all have a history. There are certain things that um, maybe we do, but we we need to create boundaries to stop it. So, um, yeah, and I think it's, it's individually in our personal life and in our workplace without a doubt. And I think boundaries are everything. I think um, once you do the work, to recognize what's important to you, um, what your values are, what your, your beliefs are, I think it's easier to then set boundaries up. Um, I think that's when we're able to be more confident. Like, it's okay that I'm not going to allow this or I'm going to walk away in this situation because this isn't a value of mine, you know, in whatever situations. I feel like as educators... Um, we have to recognize when we're in situations that are not healthy for us. I think, you know, if there's, you know, of some? there's what? If it, give me an example of one. Because as a teacher, sometimes you feel not only less than, but you feel yeah. like you don't get those boundaries, mm -hmm. right? Like I have to do my job. I have standardized testing coming up. I have all these things out there. My principal is putting another thing on my lap. So where yeah. do boundaries come in and you know, what boundaries do you get as, yeah. as a teacher? That's so good. I think you create them. I think, you know, what, there's some non-negotiables, our schedule, you know, the standards we teach, right? There's some non-negotiables. Um, but I think, you know, one of the ones I know with the teachers that I worked with, that we we worked in high poverty schools um, and we have a lot of emotionality. We are working with, you know, groups of folks that we're really trying, you know, supporting in every aspect of their life. Um, and we had to have really clear boundaries with our parents of, you know, when we're going to be able to communicate with you 
when, you know, how communication is going to go. You know, in education right now, there's a lot of heated discussions, um, and that's politically, and that's in the schoolhouse, right, like in the classroom. So we just were really, we said, like, what are the norms? How are we going to speak to each other? Um, how are we going to let parents know the way we communicate? Um, so, you know, I, I, I know I taught every teacher in the school, and I only learned this from an inspirational principle of mine. It was like, you know, we would say to our parents, we're going to speak respectfully when this conversation goes into some realm of disrespect, name calling, shouting. Um, that's when this conversation is going to end. Um, and, and we had to be confident to, to do that. Like at this point, we're ending this conference um, because it is not respectful. It's not productive. Emotions are rising. So to me, like the, just thinking about what are the things in education right now that are exhausting teachers and yeah. figuring out what are the solutions um, and just being really transparent up front and having those hard conversations. And then, you know, once you set that norm, staying true to it and saying, like, we all agreed on this. So this is what is going to happen next, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because there are, I mean, there's, you hear about it often about teachers, not just burning out, but leaving the profession because we do care so much. Again, we go into it because we care so much. And like you touched on before, we, there's always that one student that you're like, come on, buddy, you know, yeah. if you just do it right. And so we care so much and we care yeah. so deeply. And so when that mom texts us at 9 p.m., you know, there's, you want to write back and then you're like, nope, I have to, nope, uh -uh, I have to turn that off and, and hold those boundaries. But how can we help this next generation? Again, my girl who will be, you know, teaching and well, student teaching next year now, and then, and then in the classroom for real, so that we are the mentors of how to do yeah. it well. Like we can't change the whole system right? Yeah. We can't actually pay them a living wage. We can't, you know, all kinds of things, but maybe with this wave of self-care and understanding the science behind it, how do we help, again, these 22-year-olds who are going into the classroom who are so excited to be great teachers to learn to do it so that they don't get burned out? Yeah, I think it's going to take, um, and I think it, the movement is starting. I know there are some schools across the country. I mean, I'm do, I did already one workshop on self care for teacher, new teacher induction. Um, mm -hmm. and I have several scheduled. So I know that they're moving to this and that's a component, which is great. Um, because healthcare has been a profession that when you're in medical school, they teach you about self-care and why it has to be a priority. So I do think this concept. Um, I also think we need to really dig deeper into understanding what veteran teachers like us, why are they all of a sudden getting burned out? And then why are so many younger teachers, you know, they have this you know, altruism in them and they want to make the world a better. Why are they starting their careers and not feeling satisfied? You know, what is, and I think every school and every community's issues are different. Um, but I think we just need to keep those conversations. They have to be part of what we're doing. What is working that's energizing you right now and what is not working? 
working. And those have to be constant conversations with school boards, you know, district leadership, principals, and the teachers, and then putting plans in to help them. You know, I think personally as educators, setting those boundaries that you talked about before is necessary. In my dissertation, I asked the teachers, what is what keeps you energized? And every teacher that I spoke with said, I have to have boundaries. I have to use my planning time efficiently. I have to come in an hour early or an hour late every day. But then when I leave, I have to disconnect, you know, giving them the Google number to text. So you don't have to check it again until you get to work. Um, Not having your emails on do not disturb. So you don't need to be having dinner with your family and pops in an email about a parent that just got a story from their student and they're livid. It's like, that is important, but that should not impact your personal life. That should be dealt with the next day. So I think we really need to get creative on understanding those things that are impacting a teacher satisfaction and what's zapping them of their energy. Um, but I, I think it's a lot of work. You know, there are the state of Georgia just did a whole plan on teacher burnout and looking at what they're going to do differently. So the conversations out there, the secretary of education, um, he said teacher well-being is a priority. They haven't put any money toward it yet, um, but it's definitely it's it's not being ignored, right? Like it, it, we're at a point where there's just too many things when we talk to teachers um, that, that need to change. And and, and at the same time, there's still aspects of the career that people love. So we need to look at those aspects and have those conversations too. And like, how do we keep the points that we love about our jobs um, and make that, you know, you know, make that bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone's listening, classroom size I'm sorry. It's just if any, you know, board of education of any district or the country, whatever's listening, the number of students we have in our classroom at a time, you cannot give your full attention to too many kids. You just don't, there's not enough. right? Right. And I know that's a money thing too. And I, you know, how many kids there are at your school. And so extra classrooms and it's a whole thing. I understand, but I have found that when I had a manageable number, I yeah. could, I, it, I could teach so well, right? And then when it got over, I was like, I can't do it. And so you feel like, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. I can't yeah. do this well. Yeah. And so then everything in your life kind of goes down. As as a mom, as parents, how can we support teachers? Yeah. How I can think- we not? the overreactive one at 10 p.m. that's texting is like, I can't say What's this one little red dot on my kid's shoulder, right, when they're in preschool? But, and no offense, I know some parents really want to know what happened to their kid's shoulder. But how can we, of, you know, women who are strong and care about other women and know that the people who are with our kids sometimes spend more time with our kids than we do, Yeah. right? How can we support teachers and just be there for them? I think, you know, the simple, you know, just keep it simple. I think the way to do that is believe, you know, come from the, come from the place where you believe that your child's teacher has the same interest and the same goals that you do. 
And then, you know, so don't come from a place like this, this teacher's out to get my child or this teacher come from the place like, all right, this teacher's doing their best. They have the same intention and the same goals I have, but we need to communicate to get on the same place. So with the communication, you know, start from a place where I trust this adult, um, but there are some things we need to talk through so we could get on the same page. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, like you said, most teachers, if you're a single classroom teacher, you have 25 students. If you are a middle school teacher, you have 150 students. If you are a specials elective connections teacher, you could have the entire school. Um, so I think as parents, keep in mind, you have the best interest of your child. They have the best interest of all the children. Um, so just be mindful in our communication that, you know what, I know they have the best intention, but we need to get on the same page about something. And I think always coming from everyone has the best intentions mindset um, is already going to set you up for success, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They say that in like, um, you know, romantic parent coaching with, you know, your loved one of like, it's you and I against the problem. It's not me against you, right? Yes. You're all, yes. you all want the kids to do well. And that's why we're here. So let's focus on that, not the specifics of the two. Well absolutely. said. I love yep. that. How do you remain as your best authentic self because we're, I mean, as teachers, we're all like super loving and goofy and, uh, you know, stickers make us happy. Absolutely. And like curly straws or, you know, there's some things about teachers that, you know, we, we all have in common, but how do you remain as your authentic self mm. as you move through your day, as you move through your self-care journey, as all these things, how do you make sure that, that, that you're true to yourself as you go through it all? I think, I think you're true to yourself the more time you spend getting to know yourself. Um, so I think it's easier to be true to who we are when we are continuously developing a better understanding of who we are. And I think that, you know, again, goes back to what is your purpose? Why are you here? Um, what do you want to accomplish while you're here? What are those values, beliefs that are so important? And then am I honoring them? Because I think that's who we are as people. Um, you know, we are beings of love. We do want, you know, we want so much. And just going back to, but who are we really? And did my actions today honor who I am? Um, or is there an opportunity tomorrow to honor that. You know, I know with me, you know, I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty, I, like you said, like I try to make sure my energy is where it is, but you know what? There are times where, you know, I will not be that person. And then it's my reflection. That's not who I really am. So now how do I get back to that? Um, so I think as teachers, as mothers, I think, you know, parenting, like who do you want to be? What's most important to you? And did you honor that today? Um, or will you do something differently? And then I think the self-care is one of like, and then don't judge it. Right. Don't beat yourself up. Right. If you, if you fell on that, if you yelled at your kid for a second, if you, whatever it was, right. If you yeah. ate the whole pepperoni pizza, whatever it was, right. Okay. Don't judge yourself. I love you. That's not my authentic self. Let's try again tomorrow. 
Yeah. Right. I think apologizing. Yes, exactly. Like that's, that's it. It's over. Move on. And I think too, it, it recognize too. And this is, I think where the self-care like action comes in. Like, do I need to learn a new skill so I can mm-hmm. do that and be more true to who I am? Like, do I need to go out and get some help? Like it's okay to get help. Um, yes. What do I need? You know, is this a pattern of behavior that I'm seeing in myself Um, but I don't feel good about, like, how can I fix it? So I think going back to learning, like, what can I do to change this aspect and then taking those actions to um, improve that part of your well-being? Yeah. And the awareness of that, of of just like taking a little self, how am I feeling? Right. How am I doing? Right. Really just kind of checking in and You know, that, that just, yeah, that awareness of it. Am I rushing to the next thing always, or am I actually enjoying it? Am I, you know, when are, when am I over triggered, right? If my, if a student or something says something that, that makes me mad, am I able to like, haha, very funny, but I'm mad. Or do I get super over mad? You know what I mean? Just the awareness of, of how it is and how it's feeling in my body. Anything else you want to throw in here? From all of your, I think the last thing is, you know, I I was actually watching a video of some folks that did the El Camino, the um, walk to Santiago, and it was like, do the El Camino your way, and that really brought me back. When you run a race, it's run your own race. Like I'm not running against somebody else. So I think it it goes back to everything we do in life is like. Don't look at how other people are doing self-care. Don't like. So unfortunately, we got cut off right here. So I just want to say thank you for this episode where you can find uh, Rebecca Dinda. I have in the show notes. She is a personal coach. Uh, She helped me so much. I can't even say it, but I'm so glad you were here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, anything that you want to hear is in the show notes. So if you want to do the Life Is Now summer coaching series, or if you want to work one-on-one with Becca, that's where you can find us. You can also find us on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes too. I'm so glad you're here. Self-care is really, really important. No one's going to show up for you, but you really can show up for yourself. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for being here. Bye.